0: Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at ShockYourPotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. This month, we are flashing back to some of my favorite episodes and talking about how each one of these guests has allowed me to hit fast forward, maybe in my personal life, maybe for one of my two companies, Shock Your Potential and Cuckoo Biz. Today, I also want to thank uh, someone called The Wrath of Man. Now, who is this person? I'm not really sure, but they left the following review along with a lovely five-star rating. Of our podcast on iTunes now here's what he or she had to say about us michael is an incredible host and her guests offer varying advice on life and business i am so happy i found this show <laughs> okay i know i'm going a little overboard maybe with all the enthusiasm but the word so was capitalized and you know did call me an incredible host so whoever the wrath of man is thank you i really appreciate it now, let's talk about a little bit of the backstory on the guest we're highlighting today. So I met Eric Twiggs at my very first National Speakers Association conference. It was like the annual conference several years ago. I can't even remember when. I know it was when we could actually still see each other in public. <laughs> we've been friends ever since, and we've done a number of uh, different things together. We've you know crossed on each other's podcasts. We've done different business opportunities together. So just Fantastic. And he was also part of the initial inspiration behind my second company, Kukua Biz. And by the way, Kukua means growth in Swahili, if you haven't heard me say that before. And as you may or may not know, my whole team is based in Kenya, therefore the Swahili. (laughs) And while talking to Eric one day, he began to ask me about my team. Now he was ready to expand his company. He'd also been considering a virtual assistant or someone maybe, um, you know, from Kenya, that type of thing. And what he doesn't know is later that, same day, I actually had two other guests that I'd interviewed for the podcast who also asked me about my team in Kenya. And that's when I uh, sat down with my husband that night and went, hmm, maybe there's something we should consider here. Because by that time I employed, I think five or so people, but I'd interviewed over 30 for the five positions that I had. I'll tell you what, I wished I would have been able to hire every single one of them. So this is what I knew. I had a talent pool of people who wanted to work, and I had at least three people who wanted a virtual assistant. So we created Cuckoo Biz, and Eric Twiggs was our very first Cuckoo Biz client, and he still remains with us today, a year and a half later. And I'm always teasing him that uh, I really wish I would have kept uh, Esther for myself, that uh, that works with him. <laughs> but uh, it's it's just been a great. You know, great relationship, great friendship, and and great uh, business uh, networking with each other. Now, as I start to play some segments from the podcast, I'm reminded, especially when I introduce Eric in the beginning, not only about the time we met, but why meeting him was so important and poignant to me at that time, and when he shares his insight as to what differentiates a person who gets good results versus someone who gets great results, Well, first of all, I'm not going to lie, it's going to feel a little bit like a punch in the stomach for many of us, but it is the reminder that we might all need to hear at some time. Eric Twiggs is my guest, and before I let him say hello, I'm just going to say that, first of all, his business card was something that made me say, oh boy, we're going to have to talk. So first of all, Eric, thank you so much for joining (laughs) me today.
2: Hey, thank you for having me on your show.
1: You're laughing already because, you know, (laughs) so you, your card, which I love in so uh, many ways. And it says the procrastination prevention partner. And I said, oh my gosh, you deal with people in procrastination. And you said, yes. And I think I fessed up to about four things I was procrastinating on. (laughs) I felt like I had to, I had to tell my soul, (laughs) but tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do and why this is uh, such an important topic for you.
2: So, I am a certified licensed business coach. And so, I've conducted over 28,000 coaching
1: sessions. And I work with. Holy moly. Are you exhausted? Yeah, that's no procrastination, man. Go on. (laughs) So, I help executive leaders and I help
2: entrepreneurs. And typically, they feel stuck, they feel underpaid, they're stressed out, they're frustrated. And here's what I've discovered. And here's one of the many reasons that I'm so passionate about this topic. You can have two entrepreneurs, let's say. Mm -hmm. One gets good results and the other happens to get great results. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, they know a lot of the same things. They have similar levels of know-how. But what I find is that what separates the good from the great is the great has this uncanny ability to do the things they need to do whether they feel like it or not,
1: mm-hmm. you have to execute. Yeah, they execute exactly. <laughs> exact whether they want to or not, that's a really important part yes. of you know being able to recognize. And I know that uh, as we were t- talking, one of the first things that I was telling you is that you know I was. I'm like, I'm almost done with my second book. And you're like, why are you almost done? I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I just met you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, here's the answer. I have too many other things and I don't know what I'm trying to prioritize. Them. But I know you're going to laugh at me. because In this clip, Eric shares a very powerful and a very personal story with me that will make you stop and think without a doubt. But I also am so pleased that his story served as his driver for his desire to help people overcome procrastination, especially because it was so important to him. So how did you choose this as your area of expertise?
2: Well, It started years ago, as far as my interest in time management and making the most out of my time. I talk about this story in my book. I'm in college, I'm at Hampton University, and I'm talking to one of my really good friends. We're roommates, we're lion brothers on the same fraternity. And what you need to know is he was interested in his purpose and I was interested in partying. Right. <laughs> so we're talking and he's like, Eric, you need to get serious. You, you need to figure out what you want to do. And I'm like, Donnell, man.
1: Okay, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm gonna inter I'm gonna interrupt because this is a great story and I've already seen part of it on your website. So you need to use the voices because <laughs> you have a great voice for him. And I know it must be his. So
2: yeah, and this is that he'd say, Harry, you, you need to get serious. Stop wasting your time. <laughs> and I'm like, Donnell, know we we're, we're young. We have plenty of time to get done what we need to get done. And I'm like, bottom line, are you going to the frat party with me or not? Right. <laughs> And so we separate. He's frustrated with me. And several weeks go by. I hadn't talked to him. I get a phone call from his mother telling me that he was tragically killed in a car accident. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Whoa. Yeah. And that really sent me a message that, you know what? I don't have the time that I think.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And that's really what began the journey.
1: And I, you know, when I listen to that um, part of your tale, and that's why I love having you share his voice the way it comes through, because I think sometimes with the people that we care about that we still carry around in our minds and hearts, the ability to still uh, make their voice and, and make them heard in this world is really important. And you have that opportunity, especially with what you do. But what a pivotal message to take. Such a horrible tragedy, tragedy and loss of somebody that you loved and cared about, and turn it into something that became a passion that that couldn't have been easy for you.
2: No, it's not. It was it was very difficult. I mean, it, this was what close to twenty eight years ago, and I mm-hmm. still I still think about him every day. Mm-hmm. And but but that was a turning point. And mm-hmm. time is just precious. And I know everybody that's going to listen to this can has an example similar of s- someone that died suddenly that you would have thought had all the time in the world Mm -hmm. that this you we really have to seize the moment that that's so critical
1: have you ever procrastinated (laughs) of course you have have you ever been mad at yourself for procrastinating probably if you're like me how about mad at somebody else definitely i can say that myself (laughs) And Eric and I dive down further into the backstory of procrastination. And we also break some myths that people uh, who procrastinate are lazy. How do you help people break through and understand what's holding them back?
2: The biggest thing is awareness. And that's one of the things with the book. It really heightens your awareness to the things that trigger you Mm -hmm. to procrastinate. Because once you, you you're controlled, that's what I've discovered. You're controlled by those things that you're not aware of. And everyone has a procrastination pattern hmm. of some kind. And it's, and it's not as simple as, I, you see, I used to think before I really got into all this, I, I used to uh-huh. think it was just the person was lazy. That uh, I just don't feel like doing it. But But a lot of times it's a lot deeper than that. And there's deep roots, there's like fear and some other things that are really at the root. and You need to become, and I help you. So I help people to become aware of what causes them to procrastinate. And then we put a plan in place to move forward.
1: Mm, that's a really important point. I guess I never really thought of it that way either, because, you know, I guess if I really looked back at myself in times that I go through procrastination phases, there's usually some similar things going on in my life. Right but i tend to then just beat myself up cuz i'm not accomplishing enough but maybe i need to really look what the root is and uh, and try and help identify it because obviously it'll happen again there's certain patterns that we repeat in life but maybe i don't have to stay in it as long as i maybe i have it other times
2: yes absolutely
1: eric's best selling book is called the discipline of now and the links will be in our show notes in it, he provides a roadmap to success, especially in making sure we're all aware of any identity statements that we make. Hmm, you want to listen in to find out what those are. And let's also make sure that we pay attention to how we talk to ourselves. I know the uh, name of your book is The Discipline of Now. So, you know, give us an idea. How do, I, how do I keep that discipline to be right now and stay in the now in order to keep myself moving in the right direction?
2: Well, it starts with your mindset. So when you, when you get to chapter seven in the book, that's where I really start to get into like the roadmap to help the person ditch excuses and, and really overcome procrastination. And it's funny, you hit on something that's in my roadmap. And it's really about like your attitude and your mindset. And, and I talk to so many people that beat themselves up about <laughs> procrastination. Really, it's yeah. I, I mean, here's, here's what they do, though. They say, I am. Mm. such a procrastinator. Mm. I am always late. Mm -hmm. That's an identity statement. And what happens is we tend to act out in accordance to who we believe we are. So we're saying I am a procrastinator. We'll continue to procrastinate. We give
1: ourselves an excuse because it's a part of our being. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: The best things that I help people with is to really change how they talk to their self Mm -hmm. about this problem. And really think think more on terms of gratitude and really, you know, you you may have procrastinated yesterday, but guess what? Yesterday ended last night. You can decide to do something (laughs) different today.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true. And you know, it's funny when you say that, because I do know that. I mean, logically, I know that the things that we say have so much importance. But as you started saying, even talking then, I thought, yeah, but I was raised Irish Catholic, which means I'm guilty. (laughs) 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 And maybe I need to stop saying that. (laughs) Let's take a quick break right now to hear from our sponsor for the month. Oh, wait, we are our own sponsor for the month. All right, listen in. Are you an expert looking to book more media interviews? Maybe you're a media producer, reporter, or anchor looking for dynamic and reputable guests. We have the solution for you. Shock Your Media Potential is launching March 2022, and it will be the go-to guest booking resource for news outlets around the world. As an expert, we'll build your unique promotional page in our global database and provide valuable resources to help you expand your media connections and opportunities. As a member of the news profession, we will connect you with vetted, reputable guests who are experienced, camera and mic ready, and who will engage your audiences and build your followers. Learn more about how to be a part of the initial launch by reaching out to us today at info at Together, we will shock your media potential. As we continue the conversation, Eric takes an even closer look at procrastination through the lens of specific words we use, like, I should... Or I must. I'm telling you, there are some pretty powerful messages here.
2: And, and here's something else, too. So the, the words like should and must and have to, if you say you you have to do something or should do something, whatever comes after should or have to is something you're probably going to procrastinate on. Oh, boy. It's, a, it's like a mental thing. That we we tend to put off those things that people tell us we should do. And the same goes true with our own thoughts huh. so really it, it's again about changing how you think and how you talk to yourself
1: it is really a critical step I, right eric this is deep <laughs> <laughs> for a friday afternoon taping now i'm now i'm contemplating all kinds of things i should be doing but I, i'm going to choose the ones i want to do <laughs>
2: Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) So when you come across those still, I mean, you know, you speak to groups and you, you know, you do individual sessions, but you know, if you speak to a room full of people and you're talking about procrastination, do you look out in the audience sometimes and see people with their arms crossed having that, yeah, but kind of look at you like, yeah, but that's great, but I don't, you know, I'm different. (laughs) I get some of that.
2: And so what I do is I, I hit it off at the pass. What I really get is during the breaks, someone comes up to me and they say, "Eric, I don't really have a procrastination problem. This is for my husband. <laughs> oh, this exactly. is for my wife. Somebody
1: else, not uh, me." Right. Yeah. So
2: I've got to the habit now. I, I start my program and say, "Look, I just I don't want to insult you, so mm-hmm. I said this is for your friend. So just take <laughs> take this back to them." But as we start to get into it, and I my, I make mm-hmm. my programs interactive whether I'm doing a keynote, whether it's a traditional workshop where you're talking to your neighbor. And even the people that say that it's their friend, they're the ones (laughs) talking the most about their issues. Exactly. (laughs)
1: I always tell people in mine, um, and even it's funny, because even as I'm saying this right now, I'm holding up my hand. I always tell people, I carry a mirror around with me all the time. It just happens to look like my hand. I can never be apart from it. And sometimes I have to look in that mirror and go, Michael, you know, you don't look around good right now. And it has nothing to do with whether or not my hair is right. (laughs) Right. It has everything to do with whether or not I'm on the right path. And I think it's the same thing as that, that ability to look at yourself honestly and say, here's an area I I need to continue to work on and develop in myself and not be ashamed or run away from it because none of us are perfect. Yeah, some of us are close, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do you shock people's potential? How important is it to be honest with ourselves, about ourselves, with others? Eric's insight will definitely make you think. So tell me, um, Eric, you know, I always ask people, basically three questions. And one of them is, you know, how do you really try to shock the potential of the people that you work with? You know, how do you shock their awareness so that they are, you know, not just shocked by what you're saying, but that you really leave an impact on them?
2: Well, I I think I'm, I'm brutally honest. I I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm transparent with my experiences. And so I don't come across like, you know, I, I have it all figured out and I think that that shocks people a lot of times because they expect when mm-hmm. someone's standing up there talking about procrastination and, oh, this is the expert. And he's, so I, I share my failures. I share some mm-hmm. of the shortcomings and some of the things I've stumbled on. And I think that, shock, that shocks people. And I'm, I'm in a coaching type of session, I'm brutally honest. And I, I don't believe in sugar coding. And I'm I'm big on ownership and, and accountability, and really because I think once you, once you own something, you, now you're in position to move forward because we we had to, we had, we're not going to fix something that we don't believe to be our fault.
1: Yeah, or that we don't recognize or aren't willing to recognize. Right. Absolutely. I think that's really important. And I, I feel the same way. Usually I do it by, you know, making fun of myself or, you know, telling a story that completely embarrasses me because it's pretty hard to embarrass me anyway. But I, I like to make sure that people realize that I, I am going to be honest and I'm going to tell them things that sometimes maybe they didn't want to hear at all. But if right. we do those things and we do them with caring and concern, you know, to help somebody move forward, then they usually appreciate it pretty much.
2: And you know, I tell people, look, I'm I'm always going to tell you what I believe to be true. So if you're asking me the question, make sure you, you want the honest answer and not just what you want to hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We can't move forward when we're just having people around us that placate us. Right. If you're struggling with procrastination or tackling projects that can seem really big or feel overwhelming, Eric definitely has some helpful tips for you. Do you have any particular tips that you can share with us that for somebody who's listening right now going, okay, well, I know I have a big project or I need to make a job change or I need to do this or that, but I don't even know where to start. You know, how do you help somebody take the first steps to change a life where they feel like procrastination is holding them back?
2: Great question. Here's what I would do. If you're struggling with a big project, maybe it's a presentation or what have you, the, the best thing is not to look at the, the big project in its whole entirety because that's, that's where it becomes overwhelming and you don't know what to do next. So you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Here's what I recommend. I recommend the, the, the technique called time blocking. And mm-hmm. so you, and I, and start off, I would do this twice a week. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've got a project that's due. So you schedule yourself for half hour blocks of time. And let's say it's Tuesday at two o'clock, for example, Mm -hmm. go out, you get yourself a kitchen timer, you set it for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And during that 30 minute window, you have to be totally undistracted. You're working on that project. So let's say it's a writing project. Mm -hmm. You do it for that 30 minute. You set the timer. You don't have access to email. uh, You don't have access to text messaging, you don't have access to social media. Mm-hmm. If you're in an office setting, you tell people to hold your calls, take your messages for that 30-minute window, yep. and you work on that project. Yep. And if you do that yep. enough and consistently, you'll find that the project becomes more and more manageable.
1: And you get more used to the to having that uninterrupted time. I do a similar thing where I um turn everything off, but I, I don't use a kitchen timer. I use my phone, but my phone is always upside down. Mm-hmm. And so the ringer's off, everything's off. And I put it on for 45 minutes, especially if I'm writing, because then I can stay a hundred percent focused for 45 minutes. My my uh the discipline that I am trying to take the next step with me is that at that 45 minutes, I need to get up and take a break. Yes. So that my mind can refresh because if I'm still creative and I want to keep writing, great, but I can't do it solely all the way through or I'll get exhausted and then I won't want to do it the next time that I need to have that focused attention. Right. Eric talks about the importance of eliminating distractions. Plus, he makes a great case for not sleeping with your phone in the bedroom.
2: (laughs) The big thing is just eliminate your distractions. And the smartphone is the most distracting thing (laughs) that you own. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Do you remember a day we didn't have that? Because I remember the days we didn't have them. <laughs> right. Yes, right. they were lovely days, but I thought I needed one because I would be more effective. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I, I just teach something as simple as going into your phone, go to your settings and turn off all of the automatic notifications mm-hmm. for when you get an email, a text message or a social media message. Mm-hmm. And that that in and of itself can help you to stay on task. And something I do is I refuse, like at night, I sleep with my phone in a totally separate floor.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Just because I don't want the temptation of getting up and checking. And so the phone is very distracting. If you can... Minimize that distraction, distraction as much as possible, you find yourself just procrastinating less.
1: Yeah, and I know that that's a big, that's a tough one. I think putting it in another room is really smart. I've never been that disciplined, but I'm yes. very good about turning it upside down and completely away. Um, and so I'm, I'm very good with that. But I, I do see that just because I'm good with it doesn't mean it's not the first thing I pick up when the alarm goes off in the morning.
2: Right. So, so cons-
1: and I hadn't thought about putting it in the other room, and I, and I don't have that first temptation.
2: Yeah. So consider this, there was a study of these college students and the results of this study concluded that 88% of them reported that they could feel their smartphone vibrating even when it was powered off.
1: Oh boy, that's not good.
2: (laughs) It's called phantom notification syndrome. They're they're so conditioned to reach for their phone, they would feel the phone vibrating and check and see that it was, it was powered off. Oh my gosh.
1: Oh, that's crazy.
2: That's how just, That's how distracting the phone is. So if you can eliminate that distraction, that will help you to get a lot more done.
1: Okay, I'm totally leaving my phone in the other room on another floor tonight. I'm going to (laughs) try that. Of course, it doesn't hurt that it's a Friday night. So there's nothing that's all that urgent. But oh my gosh, I had no idea. That's terrible. (laughs) But I'm not surprised. (laughs) I asked Eric about the best customer experience that he's been the recipient of. And this sparked a pretty interesting discussion about how we need to not just meet, but rather to exceed the customer's expectations and why it's more important today than ever. Has there been a time that you've been the recipient of an amazing leadership or sales or customer experience that really shocked you because it was so positive and left an impact on you?
2: (sighs) Let's see, I think about that. That's a great question. Well, actually, it's funny because the bar is set so low in a lot of cases when it comes to customer experiences, um, mm. uh, that sometimes when, when people do the basics, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm blown away.
1: Mm. Isn't that sad?
2: Yeah. 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 You know, um, I'm just saying, so, so there was a there was a particular time I was at a restaurant when I talk about like a customer experience mm-hmm. and I, the food came in and it wasn't, it wasn't cooked properly, mm-hmm. and I, I really wasn't being like upset and out, irate or outraged. Uh, I just made a comment to the wait to, to the waiter, and then the the manager comes back out and is like, "Tell you what, your your meal is completely on the house. This is unacceptable." Whoa. And I'm like, "No, I mean, I wasn't asking for the thing for free. I just wanted it," and, and that that stood out to me.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think it's those times when that when it really goes above and beyond what you even expected. Right,
2: right. So I think if, you, if you're in business, the key takeaway I think you that the days of just meeting the customers' expectations that that's done and in the past. I think you really have mm-hmm. to go above and beyond, and you have to be be very proactive. I mean, I'm still. This was years ago, and I'm still talking about it. Yeah. Absolutely. So you you have to really, if you're in business, you have to make your experience memorable.
1: Yeah, that's true because you have so much to compete against, you know, and not just everyday experiences, but I think, you know, in Philadelphia, where I have lived now for the last uh, seven years or so, we have amazing restaurants here, but you can't just be a good restaurant. You can't even just be an amazing restaurant. You have to be a sustainable, all the time amazing restaurant with great food and great service. Otherwise, you don't survive because people have so many choices.
2: Yeah. And, and so and I'll give you another quick example that just came to mind. So I took my wife to the to the Ritz Carlton. Right. It was it was our anniversary. And Love. so you're a good um, man. <laughs>
1: right, right. I know.
2: And, and, and so we, we get to the table. I, I just mentioned in passing that it was our anniversary. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there at the table and the waiter comes in with a card. That's signed by everyone on the staff wishing me a happy anniversary.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, news travels fast. <laughs> right. That's right.
2: But, but that, that stood out to me. And guess what? They they, they charge more, but I, I could I wouldn't feel right complaining about how much I paid because that's just so above and beyond what I would expect.
1: Absolutely. Well, and that's why you make decisions to buy things. It's uh, it's one of the uh, projects that I'm working on. Actually, is as I'm working on a couple different um, things that have to do with travel and lifestyle. That are questions of when should you choose to pay more? You know, what experiences are truly worth the extra? um, You know, the extra cost, the extra expense, the extra effort on your part because the payoff is going to be that great. And I think that's a great example of that. Yes. I love it. I asked Eric what he's learned that if he could or would go back in time to tell his younger self, I'll tell you what, his answer is spectacular. But I always ask people, you know, if you could go back and talk to your younger self at any point in time, when would that be? And what would you tell yourself that would have shocked your potential faster, farther, or kept you exactly on the same path that you've been on?
2: Yeah. So I would go back to early in my working career, when I first became like a leader of people and was responsible for business results, I would have told myself that the, the fastest way for me to improve is to assume that everything that happens is my fault.
1: <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> really? So... <laughs> Because, Wait, didn't I just tell you I have the whole Catholic guilt thing? But I think I know where you're going. So go on. Carry but no, on. <laughs> so,
2: but, so like from time to time, let's say business is down. Yeah. And the natural, my natural thing was, well, yeah, it's it's that time of year. It's a bad economy. It's an election year. They made, made
1: me raise my prices, whatever. I mean, right, right,
2: right, right. But the problem is there's someone else. There was always someone else dealing with all of those same things that was excelling. Uh, that was succeeding. Good point. And, and I really just, I'm, more and more every day I embrace mm-hmm. this because we, 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 it's easy to fall into this thinking that there's forces working against me and I, but a lot of times it's, it's either something that I'm not doing or something that I don't know. And if, if I take full ownership and if I just work off of the assumption that everything is my fault, I'm gonna seek out mm-hmm. mentors. I'm going to be more willing to seek out people that have the results. I may be more willing to seek out a, mm-hmm. a coach who can point out my blind spot. So that's what I would tell my younger self.
1: That's very profound. I really like that. And it's not to say it's, you know, my own fault to kick myself around, but it's my own fault to if, if now I can find the solution. Just look look from your own eyes rather than the outside influences and try and find a solution that can get you there.
2: Right. So it's it's really just, that's more of a positive it's really about asking yourself the right questions it's really about you know asking yourself the question of what can i do differently to move this forward and if i and just because i don't know the answer it doesn't mean that there isn't an answer i just don't know it mhm it. it's just a blind spot for me
1: yeah and I think it's such a great awareness, too, to um, tie it back to your theme of procrastination because yeah. it's easy to let those things become the reason you procrastinate success. Right. You know, if it's all those other reasons, then I don't have to take personal responsibility to move forward. And if, and if I do, that means I have to do something and, and, you know, I have to take action, whereas it's a little easier sometimes to sit back and and uh, and, you know, blame elsewhere and not move forward at all.
2: Right. Hmm. And I tell you, that's a, that's a huge stumbling block for most people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It, it's hard uh, to saying, it's hard to see the big picture when you're stuck in the frame. <laughs> that's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. I like it. <laughs> Finally, we get Eric's last thoughts. I also make sure to get his website correct. And we finish our great discussion together. Well, Eric, it has been such a pleasure having you. And I'm going to definitely have all your website. I'm just going to spell it out, though, for anybody else. So it's E-R-I-C, the letter M, and twigs, dot com, And uh, we'll have all that on the show notes. But Eric, any uh, last thoughts that you have that you want to leave my listeners with to help them make sure that they get out of their own procrastination way and start moving towards uh, productivity every day? Yes. Ooh, look, I made a poem.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Consider this: Don't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress.
1: Oh, I like that.
2: Perfectionism is a leading cause of pro- to procrastination, but focus more on progress than you do on having everything perfect.
1: Mm, I like that. that's very true. And those those little wins you get along the way will not only take you further, but it makes you better at all the steps you're doing anyway. Yes. Wow. I love it. Thank you so much. It has been so much fun having you. I'm so glad that we met a few weeks ago, and I'm looking forward to staying in touch. And it is a great opportunity to have you. I know that my listeners uh, will have a lot to say after this episode. So until next time, my friend.
0: Hey, thank you, Michael, for having me on your show. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and Sales Mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.